What would you say if I told you that I have not one but two hot takes? <laughs> or like a hot like hot takes borderline rants or like just like super like passionate statements to make during this episode. I truthfully wouldn't be surprised. I mean, first of all, you are the hot taker of the two of us. I have the occasional one when something really chafes me or when I'm really passionate about something. But you are a good hot taker. You you re- you rethink things. You think about things in different ways that make me and others and the listener reconsider things. So I, I guess I'm not surprised. And I'm I've I randomly I was thinking like I was listening back to a clip of the show not recently. This was ages ago, but like of a hot take that you took, and it was like. Something about like the shower sensor, like public shower sensors, and how sometimes they're sporadic, and how sometimes they progressively like turn off longer and longer. Like it was like the most random hot take that I had ever heard, and it was I I I it wasn't out of line. Like it made sense at the time, and when I heard it again, I was like, yeah, that's annoying. But I never would have actually thought of giving it a hot take or or uh, let's consider this. So my point is, I'm not surprised. And you should lay it on me. After I say, welcome to the Movie Men podcast, I am Peter, and that is Brady. And this is a new release on uh, Lightyear 2022. But first, we got some hot takes. Well, clear your calendar, son, because I'm just, you know. Okay, so two things. One is relevant to the episode. One sure. is not. So I'll okay. start with the one that's not. We'll get that out of the way. <laughs> So, friend of the show, Carl Eastman, Mm. sent us a thing a couple days ago saying that Cineplex was going to introduce a $1.50. Was that what it was? Mm -hmm. And I will will correct you. I will say that's still relevant to the show because this is a new release. So, seeing this in theaters is relevant to what you're about to talk about. Right. So, Cineplex, which is the, if you're listening from somewhere other than Canada, Cineplex is sort of like our major movie theater chain um, Mm -hmm. akin to like a landmark cinemas or an AMC in the States Mm. Um, that they're going to introduce a dollar 50 and they've already done this by the way they've already done this because it showed up when I went to buy my light year tickets oh a dollar 50 per ticket uh premium charge or whatever you want to call it service Mm. charge for ordering online movie tickets now i want to point out a couple things number one that uh that charge the service charge was waived for me because i'm a cine club member so it was waived from you so essentially it's an enticement to make you become this exclusive member because the, okay, because that wave is, I guess, or, or, or it's either that, or they know that like, it doesn't really cost them like this, this dollar 50 anyways, is just Mm -hmm. money that they're like, it's just gravy that they're going after. (laughs) And so they're like, okay, well this is, this is another benefit that we can throw at our cine club members to make Mm -hmm. cine club a little nicer. And it doesn't doesn't really cost us anything. Right, right, right. Right. Um, so there's that. Two, you pointed out this is you know it's this isn't a this isn't a 
a unique thing that they're doing, right? That many theater chains around the world mm. and, and, you know, throughout North America do this. And I wasn't aware of that. That was interesting to me that I, I thought Cineplex was like pushing the boundaries here and it's, yeah, right. it, they're, they're following suit. They're following suit, but it's still bullshit. <laughs> it's still unnecessary. It's still, because like I just said, it doesn't cost them anything. Mm-hmm. It's just them. If anything, they're not, you know, they don't have someone there like punching tickets or whatever. You know, like, what is the difference? What is the difference between ordering it online or going up to the kiosk? There's no, there's no charge if you go up to the kiosk when you get to the movie theater, right? The automated kiosk, we're talking Cineplex. So there's no person selling you tickets either mm-hmm. way. It's mm-hmm. a humanless interaction. Yep. This is just them. They're like, oh, well, you, you can pay $1.50 for the convenience. Well, <laughs> screw you guys. It's it's weird because there's a lot of different angles to break it down from, and I get it, and I don't get it. The, I don't know if I buy this, but I think what they cited it towards this Canadian example was, you know, a way to redevelop or re, regain uh, infra, money for infrastructure of, you know, maintaining sound systems and you know infrastructure for for your for your buildings and your properties. So I guess I get it. I I honestly just don't know why they are so upfront about it because I think it would ruffle some people's feathers. So like in the, in a calendar year, why don't you just increase the cost of a ticket by 10% and not tell people about it. And then you get your, you know, infrastructure, uh, you know, amortization that you're wanting without upsetting people. I guess another, Oh, good. But, but the thing is, is they don't like movie, movie theaters don't make their money from selling movie tickets true they just yep. don't like there's yep. there's a zero margin in that by the time mm-hmm. they pay the studios and they pay everything else they right. they don't make money from that yep that's true they are in movie theaters are movie yeah. theaters are not in the movie <laughs> business right they are in the popcorn business for sure <laughs> yeah Right when you I, can go buy a popcorn that should that that at cost is like forty cents, and mm-hmm. you're paying eight fifty for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's that's yeah. the business they're in. True enough, but, but it 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 just it brings up this like, I guess at the heart of what I want to say, mm-hmm. I love Cineplex, and the reason I love Cineplex sure. is because I love going to the movie theater and in Canada in our area Cineplex is the best option that's the go-to having said that from a business standpoint from an infrastructure standpoint from a priorities and how they treat the 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 art form the 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 experience of going to the movie theater Cineplex is a bunch of ass clowns <laughs> and have been for a while now, um, have continued to make stupid business decisions and put their time, like have continued to increase the cost of going to see a movie, increase mm. the cost of concession, increase the cost of X, Y, Z and have not 
kept and 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 while doing that have lowered the quality mm. of the experience of going to Cineplex. Sure, right? it's not so, it's not money in money out where like the money's going back into a better sound system or you know right better seats per se. So here's yeah, so here's the thing. A lot of the time, depending on the movie, I might go see a movie in IMAX. And IMAX is always great. It's bright, it's big, it's loud, it's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. If I'm not going to see something in IMAX, but it's something that is still a largely important film, we're talking Star Wars, we're talking MCU, you know, whatever it is, I'm going to a Ultra AVX Dolby Atmos <laughs> experience. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. Nice bright screen, crystal clear image, um, booming, better sound than IMAX. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fantastic. But but these are pricier tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first movie that I went to go see in a long time that was not any sort of an upgrade was Lightyear. It's oh, just okay. a regular plain Jane movie ticket. Yep. And the image was a little dim. And the reason the image was a little oh. dim, and Cineplex isn't the only ones who do this, mm. but movie theater projector bulbs are godly expensive. Hmm. And so as a money-saving practice, as a bulb-saving practice, hmm. crooked movie theaters are in the <laughs> habit of dimming the bulbs to prolong the life of it. Mm. But you get a you get a lesser experience because of that. And I could hear the film. Listen, I've been to films where I'm like, this is painfully quiet. Like mm. I'm like there's dialogue scenes and I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. I could hear all of Lightyear, but it was still at the uh, I could hear it no problem, but it was still at the volume of like Oh, the kids have gone to bed. Let's not let's not have turn it up too loud. Hmm. This is a movie theater. <laughs> I should be I should hear something in a movie theater. If I'm going to a movie theater, unless I've sunk thousands of dollars into my home theater system, if I'm going to a movie theater, I should be hearing something regardless of the ticket that I pay. Mm. I should be hearing something that is boomier, clearer, and louder than anything I'm capable of producing at home. Again, with with the exception of if I have a ridiculous sound system. Sure. Because what they've done now is they've they've made the regular ticket option. And it's hit and miss. Sometimes you go see one, and it's like, oh, well, you know, theater six isn't bad, but theater one through five and seven through ten are awful. Right. And if you do get one of those subpar theaters, they have made the movie-going experience such a shit experience (laughs) that if you're wanting to see the movie the way it's supposed to look and hear the movie the way you expect it to sound in a theater, you're upgrading to the... Like, they're they're selling you on this AVX thing. Hmm. Right, and it, it it's almost like now instead of being like, okay, there's the movie theater experience, then one tier up, there's the Dolby Atmos experience, and then one tier up, there's the IMAX experience. Now it's like there's the movie theater experience, which is the AVX Dolby Atmos. There's the enthusiasts experience, which is the IMAX, mm-hmm. or there's the well, you cheap bastard, 
you just want to see the movie and you don't really care what it looks like experience here's a regular we, we call it a regular ticket but really what it is is a poor man's hobo ticket here you go and it's like that's that is inexcusable it you, does, you, you have one job it does dampen the it does dampen the artistic process of yeah if someone doesn't want to pay up up to those two other things it really just gives an inferior experience Matt Reeves, we talked about this when we did the Batman episode, mm. but because it's such a oh, dark yeah. movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Reeves, like one of his contingencies, or not contingencies, one of his his um, criteria. Mm-hmm. If your if your theater is going to show my movie, here's the calibration for your projector. Right. Yep. This is what it needs to look like. <laughs> I went to I went to a Cineplex theater to see Eternals mm. and saw it in regular. I think it was regular. Hmm. Um, it was like a second or third viewing, second second viewing of Eternals, and there was a subwoofer broken on the front right hand side of the screen, hmm. and so every time Armishin or or any of the like, every time there was like a big booming moment it like rattled and sounded distorted and awful. Ugh. And so I wrote to Cineplex and I was like, Cineplex, the hell? And it took them a while to get back to me. Finally, I got angry and I called and I had a wonderful chat with a lovely <laughs> woman, young woman. Um, she got me all sorted out. I think she juiced me up with some scene points or whatever. Right? Like it was, she's like, and she's like, and we will reach out to them and we will like get this sorted out. And so this was eternal. So it's like what? October, November, you know, whatever that was. Right. I got stuck for, for my second viewing of no way home. I got stuck in the same damn theater uh, two months, two months later. Exact same issue. Same, and I, I was like, I knew it was the same theater because I was like, it's coming from the exact same spot, mm-hmm. and it sounds just as shit mm. as it did. So, anyways, Cineplex, I love you, but because but. I don't have a lot of other options, <laughs> yeah. you know, I love you, but you have me tied up in your basement. So <laughs> I love you, but you're all that I have. You took Tinder off my phone. Like I don't. You're, you're <laughs> you are my option. Right. Um. And this is this is becoming a little bit of an abusive relationship, Cineplex. Mm-hmm. And I need mm-hmm. you to hike up your socks. Mm-hmm. And you know, I won't even complain about the price of popcorn. What I, that's how you make your money. It is what it is. I understand. But if I'm paying for a movie ticket, which what is like twelve dollars Canadian for the cheapest, shittiest option, <laughs> plus tax, so. If we're going out and we're spending $30, 30 mm-hmm. Canadian dollars for an hour and a half for 90 minutes, you better wow me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, and I'm not saying like, you know, don't, I don't need some little jerk to come in and rub my feet halfway through. I don't need seats to move. I don't need any of that shit. Mm-hmm. I, I need the movie experience to be what the filmmaker intended it to be if i'm getting a subpar experience i just want par it doesn't it doesn't need to be this ridiculous oh wow you really went to all this no just just be adequate (laughs) hit the bar don't don't 
exceed the bar, hit the bar. <laughs> Gosh. That's hot take number one. Oh, my gosh. All right. What's number two? You said it's more on topic. To Lightyear, the movie we are releasing. Uh, or it's reviewing. about Pixar. It's about Pixar. So listen, oh, okay. in the last couple of years on this show, Pixar mm. has um, unintentionally kind of become a staple of this podcast. Yeah. Every time yeah. a new Pixar movie comes out, we make sure we don't miss it. And we yeah. talk a lot about Pixar. We do. And in that, I've been fairly critical of okay. Pixar as of late. Yeah. Beginning with Toy Story 4. Um, <laughs> Three weeks in a row. Sorry, hang on. Oh, God. I almost threw up. Um, <laughs> Three weeks in a row we've mentioned God. it. That's awesome. Um, starting with that piece of shit. And then... <laughs> um, and then just everything since, you know, there was like some stuff. I was like, oh, you know, okay, Soul wasn't horrible. Hmm. Um, Luca was okay. Um, Turning Red, I thought was kind of a swing and a miss in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I've just been, and one of the things that I, and I keep, one of the things I keep critiquing is I keep saying it just doesn't feel like Pixar. Onward was garbage. It just, <laughs> it just doesn't feel like Pixar. But I haven't been able to say why. I haven't been able to sure. place my finger on it. Yep. And I don't think that this is all of it, but I think that I've figured out what the lion's share is. Okay. I went back after our Toy Story episode. Okay. And I was watching a couple of scenes mm-hmm. from Toy mm-hmm. Story 2. Toy Story 2, okay. And... In especially in recent years, Toy or Pixar has been vastly improving their visuals. Yeah, right, making more and more like photorealistic almost mm. at times in the background mm-hmm. and stuff. Yep, and I think that's the issue. Mm. I look at Toy Story Two, The Incredibles, Finding Nemo, Monsters Inc. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is what I want, or even Toy Story 3. And I'm like, this is what I want my Pixar movie to look like. This hmm. feels like Pixar. Right. And so I think that's, and, and I get it. I get the Toy Story 2 is like a dated look, but it's the Pixar look. Right. And so I think when you have these things now, and, and what I've said is it, they feel like, like, if you had given me this movie... No, I'm not talking about Lightyear. I'm talking about just f- movies we've reviewed. If you'd handed me one of these Pixar movies and you said, oh, this is from Illumination, or this is from Sony Animation, or this is from DreamWorks, I would have said, oh, okay. Right? Hmm. Whereas if you hand me something with the same animation style as Toy Story 2, I'm like, ah, are you sure? Hmm. This looks like Pixar. Yep. Yep. And so I think that's the issue. I think they have, I think they've been, I think they've had the the moon, but weren't satisfied and started shooting for the stars. And it was like, okay, but, hmm. but we really liked what you were doing. Also, hmm. what happened to, gone, gone are the days, and this has been for a few years now, but it was really driven home for me the other night. Okay. 
what the hell happened to the the little animated short before a Pixar film? Right. Yeah. Like half the enjoyment. You're like, oh, I wonder what it's going to be. It was fun. And you got and really it, excited when it started. It was something that really went along with it, and it was it really added to the experience for sure. Yeah. I can't. I yeah, that's a good question. I'm not it's sure been when years. that stopped. Years. Yeah. I don't think Toy Story Four had one. I don't think so. No. So sometime before that. Hmm. Garbage. Yeah. Anyways, that's. I think. I think that's. I think that's an issue I have with modern day Pixar. And so, could you summarize that? Like, would would you would be saying style over substance is a way to describe what you just said, right? Like, mm. focusing more on like the incredible visuals and maybe forgetting other things that made Pixar so special in the past. No, as far I as mean, content I, or I don't think that. Like, I think that there's definitely been some Pixar movies that have lacked in content, but I don't yeah. think there's okay. a correlation. Like, I don't okay. think it's because they're spending. I just sure. think they're like. I think. Pixar had a very unique look Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they started striving for better and better and everyone else has been striving for better and better. And I think that in the process of everybody Mm -hmm. reaching for that better, the distinguishing gap has shrunk. You lost your identity of what you were. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that doesn't, again, it doesn't make the movie any less good. No, no, no. It just, that's, uh, when I look at a movie and I'm like, it just, I just didn't get that magical Pixar feeling. I didn't feel like I was in the world of Pixar. That's, I think, what I mean. Mm, yep. I get yeah. what you're saying, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, do you want to talk about Lightyear? Let's talk about Lightyear. Let's do it. Let's. Uh, we'll talk about some hot takes. We will talk about this with many plot points in hand. So, spoilers alert. We will assume you've seen it or don't care about spoilers, and we will just dig into things and not shy away from them. And uh, a new release episode, obviously, as we talk about Pixar's Lightyear. Yeah, so you, you just want to get right into initial impressions? I think so. I don't have trivia. Okay. I have spent the last couple of days since I saw it. I saw it Monday night. This is mm. Thursday. I've spent a good chunk of time and a considerable amount of energy trying to pinpoint how I feel about this movie. Okay. I think it's entertaining. I think it's funny at times. I have some issues with it. Okay. Um and I think I think it starts strong and it ends pretty well. I think right around the three quarters of the way through, Mark, there's about fifteen or twenty minutes where I was just felt like it had a pacing issue and I was like kind of just getting dragged along for the ride. Um, but all in all, I didn't feel, I didn't feel like it was a waste of money to go see this movie. Now, had I paid again and I saw it in regular, had I paid IMAX, it still wouldn't have been a waste of money, but I think I would have walked out and have thought to myself, that didn't need, with the exception of a couple of really cool visual scenes around like the hyper jump, hyper speed stuff. Mm. 
I think I would have walked out and have said that didn't need to be IMAX. <laughs> right. You know. So, what are your thoughts? Um, I guess my initial impressions are I am curious if I'm done with Pixar to a degree. I'm I think I'm just feeling a little fatigued. You hit on it before. The recent installments there's been not a lot that I've gone out leaving the theater um, feeling ecstatic about or, gee, I can't wait to come see it again. And even with this, like the, I was intrigued to go see this in theaters, but part of me was, you know, after the previews for the other films were done playing and the, this film began playing, I was like a little bit of a drop off going, oh yeah, I'm seeing this. Uh, so I think I've just got a bit of Pixar fatigue and I hit on this in our Toy Story episode. I think this was a bit too long, and I think that maybe just played into my fatigue. It yeah, it's an hour in. 45. Hour 45. Toy Story is, is is the sweet spot. It's an hour 21, and that 24 minutes might not seem like a lot, but just I, I guess I can hear what you're saying with the pacing issue. I, I felt like this movie had, had some second winds of regaining my interest when we were introduced to, in shadows and and kind of silhouettes of Zerg. And then when we had a Zerg buzz reveal, those times did reinvigorate me. But I think if it had been shorter and more concise with less filler, I don't think I would have fallen into these lulls where I needed to be kind of revitalized or rejuvenated. So I think the length and the tone was a bit of a problem for me. And I think just also related to this whole Pixar fatigue I'm a little tired of these underlying themes being too heavy-handed. So, like, in the first five minutes of this film, I knew what the protagonist was going to have to learn. Like, I knew when he made this crash that it was about teamwork and not being a team player and being mean to the rookie and mean, being open to others. I think, again, since we just talked about Toy Story... A good example of why that worked for me is just because in the first five minutes, I'm still getting to know everyone and having rich characters, but I don't anticipate where the conclusion of this film will take us as far as character growth or character journey. As with this, I, you know, in the first five minutes, I said, okay, I, I guess this is going to be 60 minutes of filler till we our character learns or does what he needs to do. So I think the length and just some of the heavy handedness kind of hurt it for me. And, uh, I am feeling a bit of Pixar fatigue. I really am. Sure. Uh, so we both have some issues with it. So let's just start by picking this thing apart a little bit yeah. and talking about yeah. what we don't like. Sure. Um, I'll start with just saying, and this is one that's kind of funny to me. Not funny, haha, but funny, <laughs> peculiar. Sure. Um, I like the premise. I like the text at the beginning of the screen, right? That in 1995, Andy got Buzz, which was a, a toy mm. from his favorite movie. This is that movie. Mm. And when the movie ended, I looked over to Brienne and I said, how old is Andy in Toy Story? <laughs> like, would you get like... Ooh, good I don't question. know. It's he's having his birthday, yeah, but like so ten, yeah, seven to ten ish. Seven sure. to ten, yeah. This was his favorite movie, <laughs> right? Which then got me thinking. I was like, 
Brienne's sister wanted us to report back. Mm. And I thought it was kind of a weird request, sort of. <laughs> because, well, so she was like, she was like, you know, because she has two young boys. And she said, oh, like, let me know. Sure. And they're, oh, yep. I'm going to butcher their ages. But I don't know, like, three and five, mm. maybe. Sure. And... And she was kind of like, you know, let me know if it's appropriate to take them to. And going into it, I was like, well, what do you like? Of course, it's going to be appropriate. It's it's Pixar. Like there'll be <laughs> enough there for the adults, but it's mm-hmm. like it's appropriate. It's it's Pixar. It's fine for all ages. And I stand sure. by that. However, I said, but I don't know if they'll be interested in this. Hmm. Interesting. Like, I'm like, I don't know. There's just a lot of like. I don't know, Toy Story 3 and 4, to a sense, felt like they weren't geared towards the younger audience. They were geared towards an older audience who grew up with Toy Story. Sure. But if, but it it still felt like, it felt like a lot of fan service. It felt like, it felt like a love letter to those fans. Toy Story mm. 3 specifically. Yep. This one feels like, you know, oh, well, we've borrowed some themes from Interstellar and we've borrowed some themes from this and we've borrowed <laughs> yeah. some, and like, which there's nothing wrong with, but it's like, no. <laughs> but a kid's not going to get this mm-hmm. or a kid's not going to find this entertaining. Right. Yeah. Um, You know, it's like, it's, it's not fun or flashy enough mm-hmm. for, for a kid to really sink their teeth into. That's um, an interesting point. Which I think is a, you know, which, yeah, which comes back to, I'm like, really? This was Andy's favorite movie? What was wrong with that kid? It was a little mature for him. Not in the, again, not in that it's not appropriate, but like, did he even get half of this film? Uh, Can I piggyback on two things you just said? One is an observation, and then one is a disagreement with some of what you said. Okay. The, The observation is... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the most violent and action-packed Pixar film we've ever had? Like, I know we've got action and some combat, and I'm just going to pick, for example, like, see, um, The Incredibles. You know, there's cities being attacked and, you know, things being fought over. So, like, we've seen action, we've seen violence. But just in this, it, it almost takes it to a new level. Like, you've got laser shooting, you've got uh, Lightyear uh, using, like, a laser sword to, like, cut insect aliens in half on the regular and just like a lot of just fast paced things so i think and again i don't have a problem with this and i think it's done in a way that's not horrifying so i'm not critiquing this i'm just literally observing like can would you agree that this seems like the most violent pixar film uh perhaps yeah i hadn't thought of it until now but i'm like you know briefly going through i mean i guess finding nemo starts with the murder of a thousand children I don't truly remember how that movie starts. So. It's like Nemo. It's like Marlin and Nemo. Or it's like oh, Marlin okay. and his wife and then all the eggs. Oh. And Marlin's wife gets killed by the Barracuda and so do oh. all of the eggs except for Nemo. And there's like, I don't know, a couple hundred oh. eggs or something. Yowzers. Yeah. Just like fish genocide right from the... <laughs> the thing that I want to disagree or at least say... Uh, like I was fine with the like expositional text saying like there was a boy named Andy. It was ninety five, favorite film, etc. 
it that was fine for me and i didn't have a problem with it when i watched it it raised some questions to me about like what is the merit of this movie and tying it to this but in our jurassic world dominion episode a week ago where you talked about (laughs) spoiler alert everyone should listen to it the episode the movie was crap but we rip it apart we uh we're kind of like the velociraptors and we just like shred that thing um but a point you made was you know not a good film obviously but there were some tie-ins to the original that original trilogy and the original films and the original characters that you said, hey, I'm really here for fan service. So, I, you know, not a good film, not a great example, but hey, if this ties into something that I like, I'll give it points regardless for at least meeting, appeasing that. So what I will say is I feel like it would have been cool and I would have been there for this. Uh, instead of that text... Have like a, a like a flashback of how the movie starts with Andy running around playing with you know I guess he wouldn't maybe have Buzz by then but you know depending on when he's seen the film and when he gets Buzz Lightyear but have a young Andy running around his house and then his mom like bringing out a bowl of popcorn and they sit up in front of the VHS and like they pop it in and like you slowly pan in on the TV and it's grainy and it's fuzzy and you watch like the first 30 seconds of the film like that and then it transitions into like the quality of you know us watching the film I thought something like that would have been a little fan servicey bit that I would have enjoyed and I would have got a kick out of and I would have got okay I get how we're introduced to Buzz, where this has to do with the original Toy Story and where we're going with this. And so I think, personally, for me, that was a missed opportunity. Others might not have wanted that as much, but I thought that would have been neat. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a fantastic idea. Yeah. 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 I did, so talking about fan service, I did enjoy the, the dialogue symmetry. Right. Sure. So, Buzz says a lot of the same lines, which, you know, is is cool and kind of meta because mm. our Buzz thinks that he is this Buzz. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. right? He, he And all he knows is like the movie, right? Mm. That movie is like his memories. Right. And so, yeah, to, to you know, to say stuff like, mm. why don't they answer? And, you right. know, stuff like that. Like it was just, yes, I don't know. That was a lot of fun. A lot that of iconic lot of lines in in what is technically their original context is fun. I will agree. Yeah. 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 Um, I Can had I... a big issue with Zerg. Really? I mean, yeah. actually, I don't know why I said that. I guess I didn't really adore him, and I, I was kind of confused of where they went. So erase okay that really the... and just go on. I'm okay with the twist. It was fresh. I didn't see it coming. No, that I you know wasn't fatigued. But so I'm okay. I'm okay with all of that. What I wasn't okay with was the character design. So like throughout this film, I, I was okay with the design of Buzz. I was like, yeah, okay. He looks like I I can see how a toy company would make the Buzz that we know based off of this suit. Mm. Um, with two exceptions that I was taking throughout the film. One was the laser, because I was like, oh, this laser is like way different. It's like strapped onto his mm. arm. Like that yep. was just lazy toy making. And then the <laughs> other was like, wait, he doesn't have wings. He's just, they've got mm. like this 
airbag <laughs> thing. Right. And then, then he does get the wings, but it's like part of the ejection seat thing. And mm. I, so I was taking some big issue with that right up until the end of the film where they yeah. get their new suits. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. oh, there it is. Yeah. And the same with the box ship. Like I, I, I too took yeah. exception where I'm like, I don't work with this turnip thing. Where's a ship that's reminiscent of the box that's on Andy's yeah. bed. But and then so we get same, it right at the end. Yeah. yeah same, same difference. I and, hear you. and so that was fine. But, but the, I don't know. I'm like, then I want to look at, so we see Zerg in Toy Story 2, the toy Zerg. And, I had a toy Zerg as a kid hmm. and there was the TV show, the Buzz Lightyear Star right. Command TV show and the Buzz Lightyear yep. Star Command movie. Um, and those both have Zerg in them. And so we've established what Zerg looks like in this universe. Mm. Yeah. And, and I'm like, did the people who designed the toy see the movie? <laughs> right. Because he, you know, he's like, mm. He's supposed to be, he's on like wheels. Mm-hmm. He's on wheels and he has a like Count Dracula cape almost. And he like, <laughs> and they turned him into like a transformer sized mech suit thing. And so I was like, so I was okay with the twist, but ultimately I was like, this feels like a large departure. I'm not, I'm not getting any of that those goosebumps or those hairs raising mm. from Zerg that I am getting from say buzz. I, I'm glad you brought this up because I hadn't really considered a whole lot of this until you've mentioned it and until you're exploring this. I think thinking back on it now, I think I enjoyed the journey, like the momentary journey of where they went with Zerg and having us be surprised of, you know, what that involved. And then it was really buzz or we thought it was his father. Then it was buzz and a future buzz. And so I like as a keeping us on our toes entertainment perspective, I thought that was great. But now that the film is over and I'm just sitting here thinking about it, I don't know if that really, like, I just don't really appreciate how that kind of jives. Like, I, I guess I'm just trying to think of the this expanded universe of how this is supposed to make sense. Like, Zerg is the sworn enemy of the Galactic Alliance. Like, that is ingrained in us and what we've been told. And so just then this whole, well, it's really a future Buzz who, like, is portrayed as Zerg or, like, a moonlighting as Zerg. Or, you know, I guess just it doesn't really connect with me of where, I, you know, what Zerg was or what Zerg was implied to be. And then what he was in this film. Like, I, I just think it's like it, there's, there's no bridge between them. It just doesn't really make sense to me. I think so I have a problem with that. Did you stay till the bitter, bitter end for the final post credit scene? Oh gosh almighty. I stayed for the first one. Did I miss one? Yeah. Right. Right at the, like uh, at the end, like after the Disney logo and the Pixar logo and like the, you know, people are ushering out. It's the sure. very last thing. Okay, just spill it on me. What 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 happened? It's just Zerg floating through space, and then his eyes light up. Okay, so he's still so, there, and and so, I don't think they're teeing up a sequel. God, no, I hope no, no. they're not teeing up a sequel. They could be teeing up a Disney Plus series. Um, oh, is that any better? No, 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 no. But I don't know. But yeah, again, and I was still like so 
all right, so Zerg lives on, so maybe he could become the sworn enemy of the Galactic okay. Alliance. So that, so, yeah, however, okay, so, yeah. However, does that mean that by the time Andy got Buzz, there was also a sequel in which mm. Zerg had gone on to become the sworn enemy? Right. Did Andy stay for the post-credit scene? <laughs> Does he even like Pete right. didn't stay for the post-credit scene? What are the chances that friggin' Andy did? <laughs> okay, so I guess I guess this bridge could exist to make the two align. You know, maybe Zerg like this is who Zerg is. It's it's a few like an alternate reality of Buzz where he's from the future. Okay, yes, he embodies Zerg. And then in this expanded universe, this is the Zerg who, you know, is in the video game in Toy Story 2 trying to kill Buzz. And in, in the, okay, I, you know, I guess, I guess there's I some. Guess it's I, still you know, a stretch. It's a stretch. I, you know, I think, I think when you break it back and break it down, it doesn't really make, like, it's not the most linear, obvious way I would have gone, but I, you know, I guess it works. I guess. <laughs> Can we talk about and I, now forgive me maybe there's some news that i don't know why they went this way and why went not but do we even, do can we even just touch on the fact where do you stand on the fact that it was chris evans voicing yeah, it so and that, not tim that's Allen? where i wanted to go next anyways um sure. so yeah so i mean it's very so there were these nasty rumors that came out that mm. disney was done working with tim allen and tim allen can go f himself and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Listen, Tim Allen, Disney is giving Tim Allen a Santa Claus show on Disney+. Plus. D- Disney is mm. is not severing ties <laughs> with Tim Allen. Sure. The clause is, is coming out on Disney+. Plus. Hmm. Um, so he's not done. The, l- legitimately, the reason was, is because this is not that character. This is the guy from the movie. And how often, you know, it's no different than any time, you know, you've, you'd have you go see a movie as a kid and then you'd get a toy with the push button and he says the things mm. and you're like, that doesn't yep. sound anything like the, like clearly they didn't get the same guy. <laughs> and that's it. That's all it is. Or like that some is- toys that have uh, the real character is Tom Hanks, but the character, the toy character is yeah. voiced by his brother. <laughs> yeah. But like, so, so that's the explanation for the why. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I didn't have an issue you, with it. Okay. Like I, that was a big question mark for me going in. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be? Is this going to bother me? And it really mm-hmm. didn't. Not once. And and I was like, he. I felt like he channeled enough of Tim Allen's performance that I was like, okay. I can see how, if this is the movie that you're working from, I can see how you get Tim Allen to do the toy, the voice for the toy. Because mm-hmm. um, there was enough of like similar nuances. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, it, I thought he did a great job, and it, it didn't bother me once. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think that's interesting, because I think... People were speculating if it was a political or like a a drama that was the reasoning behind it, and I I think it does make sense. Yeah, just the idea of you know 
the one character that originated it doesn't necessarily need to be or should be the voice that was the toy and etc and all those practical reasons you just you just went through and i agree exactly. chris evans i actually i think if you were picking someone like i think there was no one that would have done it better he did it incredibly well the way he he performed it and just his voice itself i thought it was a seamless connection and and option and um yeah no i i thought that was i did not have a problem with that yeah no i i, I yeah i was happy happy with it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. did i miss a cameo of the pizza planet car because i did not see it no but i don't know where you would put it <laughs> but it's like i didn't catch any i didn't catch any references or cameos <laughs> i mean but it's the pizza planet car pizza planet car i mean they had mm, it's a mm, pickup right with like yeah. a <laughs> i don't all that came up in my google search was like toys so i'm oh yeah I'm, i i don't see it i didn't see it personally it just uh it's kind of like the the little short that's before a Pixar thing. It that's its bread and butter, right? So I'm just I I'm shocked I yeah. didn't see it. Yeah. What are your other thoughts about this film, sir? Uh, you know, we've covered the main ones. I have to admit in this film's favor I like I said, I kind of walked in the theater with a bit of disdain. I was feeling the fatigue after when I left. But I will say some things that I were surprised about was just it it didn't lose its comedic touch where Pixar films can make you laugh and chuckle and this film had that with with the with the cat with the companion with Buzz Lightyear and um, I, I was I was not anticipating that I would have liked it when I saw it in the in the previews I'm like ah, I don't know and it was the lifeblood of this film. And not only did I think it could, like, I laughed out loud at it. Like, I literally laughed out loud at a few different sequences, particularly the original time that cat just shot a dart. <laughs> just like, I just it's laughed. So funny. I literally laughed out loud. And uh, yeah, so I think, I think in its, it is a feather in this film's cap. It did have some comedic moments and there was something to build on there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Anything else? I I think that's mainly it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it did some stuff well. It's got some action. Yeah. Like like we said it's funny. Yep. Um but just another like mediocre installment for Pixar ultimately. Yeah. And even the critiques that I had, like about the length and even like the hokiness of Zerg and whatnot, even if these things had been fixed, like I'm thinking about the length, I'm not saying that that would have made it perfect. I'm not saying that would have even made it good. These these the critiques that I'm having would have upped what I'm going to give it as a score, but, I'm sta- but I think it still had a bit of a glass ceiling of the things that they presented could have only scored so high for me. It just... Yeah, it 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 was fine, but that that's kind of where it could have peaked for me. Sure, sure. Scale of zero to ten, sir. What do you think of Lightyear? 
it, on my scale, the hokey, you know, how much effort do you put into it? It falls right into the category of see it on a streaming site. So in this case, it'd be Disney Plus. Um, you know, we do this for fun. We we have this hobby. We 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 go see it in theater. So that's why we went and did it. But um, you know, if I had to do it again, I wouldn't want to see it in theaters. You know, I wouldn't want to play premium access for me personally. After I've seen it and know what it all has to offer, seeing it on a Disney Plus is 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 more, more than adequate. Um, on my scale of zero to ten, I gave it a six. You know, it it, it wasn't uh, bad wasn't amazing it was just a bit over the fence of you know in between so i it gave it a six out of ten um definitely some problems but uh a bit of nostalgia of, of some comedic moments and um oh my gosh i can never pronounce his name you can't go wrong with the comedic role of taika watiti yeah did i do it okay yeah yeah so i mean he he provided uh, you know those things being said, six out of ten. What did you give it out of ten? I also gave it a six out of ten. Um, okay. Okay. I thought, yeah, you know, it's it's better than middle of the road, but not by much. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Right on. Listen, sir, I have some news for you. Some new news. <laughs> Guess what? Cineplex is charging a buck fifty. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, <laughs> screw that. I mean, we, already, we already talked about it. I don't care. <laughs> uh, well, I think you do, yeah. but I get that you're done. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. not gonna bring it up again. I, no. <laughs> uh, listen. So, speaking of Taika Waititi, he, as we've talked about on the show in the past, he has a Star Wars movie coming. Mm. Um, and he was recently in an interview when he talked about um, sort of what the feel of his Star Wars movie is going to be. And he hmm. said that his Star Wars movie is going to expand the universe greatly, um, that it's going to be an all new story in an all new place with all new people. He says, because like, I don't know how boring is it to just <laughs> spit out something with the same characters that, you know, doing the same things You've mm-hmm. seen them do before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he's going all new, new story, big departure from what we've seen in the past. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I think not just from it, not from his acting roles, but Taika Watiti has done enough for me to like earn my respect to be in my circle of trust that. He can do whatever the heck he can do whatever the heck he wants from Thor Ragnarok. That just I want to see a fresh new twist, not doing the same thing over again. I will give him the reins, and I, I am more than okay with this. Like just let him do what he wants to do. Yeah, and honestly, he, yeah, he could do a movie tomorrow about a spoon. <laughs> the the trials and tri- tribulations of a spoon. And I'd be like, this is going to be hilarious. <laughs> It'll be hilarious and heartfelt and impactful and whatever else. As it relates to Star Wars specifically, you know, I've, I'm have i starting to get into the hater bandwagon of the whole Star Wars uh, Disney product. And uh, so I, I'm ready for a fresh twist on it. I'm ready for something new. I'm, I'm ready for new ideas. Including Obi-Wan? We'll talk about it. 
Ah, okay. <laughs> um, so next up, we have um, Ezra Miller. Oh, <laughs> what? who did he punch in the face this time? Uh, no one, no one. But the CEO of Warner Brothers has career punched Ezra in the face. Uh, Ezra is out as the Flash moving forward. And I think Um, we expected this, right? I don't think we'll see him again as Credence in the Mm. Fantastic Beasts franchise. Sure. Uh, The big question right now is, okay, so we're not going to see him as the Flash moving forward. But what about the Flash movie? Mm. That's been shot. It's done. Oh, right. I think it has to be. reshoot it? No. You can't. Do like, you? That's a sunk cost. Like, you have to just, you have to eat it from a PR perspective and just say, sorry, like, <laughs> maybe, I don't, you can't do this, but maybe you put a disclaimer being like, we realize this guy's a jackass. <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. yeah. What do you do, right? Yeah. I, I oh. agree. I don't, yeah. I, like, you can't, like, you have to reshoot it in some, thoughts but you can't in but you others can't. You, you just can't, can't. Yeah. um jason blum the head of blumhouse productions the mm. famous horror film production company okay uh wants to acquire the rights to nightmare on elm street and do a oh. reboot okay hmm. and wants to get robert england back to play freddy huh mm-hmm I don't know. I mean, if you're going to do it, yes, you have to get him back. That's how you have to do it. How old is he? 75. (laughs) Well, you better get going soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm okay. Like, frankly, I don't care. Like, it was fun watching Nightmare on Elm Street and talking about it. But I I could not care like I don't care about that franchise about it being rebooted. But what would pique my interest is if in recent years when they did the Twenty One Jump Street remakes and they brought um, Johnny Depp back from you know obviously as a throwback from him being in the original TV show, I would get a kick out of these Nightmare on Elm Street remakes if the if Johnny Depp came back in them. Oh yeah, and died the same way. <laughs> Just blood gushing out of his Stop, stomach. Stop, you can't ruin the movie. It's from, like, the it 80s. It doesn't matter, you can't say that. It's from the 80s. Every, it's it's like the most it's iconic some, death no, in horror. It. doesn't matter if it's from 1812, you can't ruin it. Dorothy makes it back home. Like, what do you... <laughs> oh. Pompeii doesn't make it. Like, what do you... This is like... <laughs> I just there's there is just still some we have to honor the uh, art that is I think film. There's a, I think there's a there's a <laughs> a window there. <laughs> this falls outside of uh, two last things, both MCU sure. related. Mm. Chris Evans, nice. I've heard of him. Said in an interview, okay. That he'd be more interested in coming back to play Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, than he would be to reprise his role as Captain America. Dang. There's no way they're going to do that. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Right? Like, 
with the Fantastic Four entering the MCU, you can't have the guy that you just had playing Captain America mm-hmm. now play the Human Torch again. Like that would, it's just too yeah. confusing. Right, it'd For be like sure. it'd be like introducing a new hero in the MCU and casting Robert Downey Jr. People would be like, "What?" <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you just you can't do that. Yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> um, the other thing is Kevin Feige just said that in the coming months, the roadmap for Phase Five of the MCU, which we're currently in, is going to become much more clear. Um, it's something cool. that Carl and I have talked about. I think you and I have talked a little bit about it. That right, mm. yeah, this era of the MCU post Infinity Stones, it just doesn't seem really clear. Like, what is, what is the connective tissue that ties it all together? Where is this going? What are we working towards? Uh, and Kevin Feige says, yeah, in the next couple of months, we're we're going to be dropping some pretty big hints. Cool. Now you're not a big MCU guy. I'm, I, you know, I'm on the fence. But does that ring your bell at all? Well, uh, I will say, I guess so. I mean, I was just looking at what obviously we have so far in this phase and what's to come. And there's some real ringers, even from a, you know, a novice on the fencer like me. So, yeah, you know what? I will say, yes, that is cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. One last thing. Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. Has been out for just about a month. Okay. 27 days. Yep. And it's currently sitting worldwide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At 913 million. I know that because I looked it up just a few minutes before we recorded. So. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's going to pass a billion. Yep. Which still puts it quite a ways away from where you want it to be. It's got a ways to go. But does this, what does this do for your, uh, what does this do for you? I, I, I think like when we brought, we talked about it, whenever that was, it might've been last week, but whenever we talked about it, you know, I... I'm just curious to see how far this goes. And by no means am I saying it'll make top 10, top 20, top 30, but there's always a chance. It's in the 63 slot now. And I think when we talked last year, it was in like the 112 or like. Yeah. And if it passes a billion, it'll put it into into the 49th slot. I honestly, again, this is not with intense movie business like knowledge and historical comparisons i just honestly just think if there was ever a movie that has legs to run and run it's this like 36 years tom cruise imax all these things i just i think there's a chance if it if it can do another 200 million Mm -hmm. it will be in the 29th slot which is still impressive yeah, which is top 30. Which I think just also like, yes, this has legs and this, you know, it's impressive how we're still having this conversation. It This also just blows my mind how crazy Spider-Man No Way Home was that like it just went into top 10 like that. And 
that like that's incredible and that was like mid like we're still technically in a pandemic but like that was like still some countries had more closures and less people were going to theaters like what spider-man did was insane oh yeah with a bit of context like the context now of realizing like top gun is moving but it's not like just going like lightning what top what spider-man did was just like insane at the time but now i'm going holy that was insane yeah 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 yeah, for sure uh cool what'd you watch this week sir i watched three things the first i uh watched the other half of the avengers uh bookend i watched avengers endgame uh i gave it a six out of ten it's uh it's one of those that you watch to kind of wrap up a series has some good things some really good things but it also for me the mcu on the fencer had some stuff that was like okay this is a bit corny okay this is fine but what have you um but you know it's got some emotional parts i love the captain america uh elements to it that they that they go through and i i do uh really resonate and uh appreciate the robert downey jr uh progression throughout the whole mcu so it's 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 got its moments but at its core it's a six out of ten for me uh i went on the tom cruise train and watched uh the 2013 oblivion film um a futuristic dystopian world where tom cruise is trying to save the world uh from aliens or nuclear post fallout and regardless uh he has some weird memories and some weird things are going on and he's kind of rediscovering what he believes is his reality uh it was fine i gave it a five out of ten um has some visually cool moments has some interesting things um and it it hits on some really interesting like philosophical things about like memories and cloning and like what what is it that a human being you know bases their experiences on and what makes them a person but it like it literally just like introduces those ideas and then doesn't explore them and so that's why it's only a five out of ten um there's a lot of room for things that could have gone deeper uh, the last thing I watched was I wrapped up uh, the Disney's Obi-Wan Kenobi series, finishing the sixth episode. And in a nutshell, I, th- I think it's a bit of a meh for me. And I, f- I think I'm definitely being hard and critical of it because when it finished, I watched the whole series with my wife and she said, yeah, like I, I thought that was pretty good. I, and I, I, she said, I want to, you know, want to rewatch all the films again. And I, I honestly just didn't res That didn't resonate with me. I, you know, I, I I think I just wanted some really cool fan service, some really cool uh, character flashbacks depth that we had um, and that we could have had with who, what this whole show is about and who this character could have interacted with and what we could have seen from their past. But I felt like the whole, as a whole, the series was kind of meh, a lot of filler. I feel the sixth episode was the best, but to go through five episodes of a lot of just gener- general filler with the occasional gold nugget, and if 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 some of the things that we saw in the sixth episode were matched in intensity, and we saw in like episode one or two, and then this series had progressed or kind of rippled into cooler things of you know what we could have explored with, I think I would have sung a different tune. But for for being a show about Obi-Wan Kenobi, like one of the most iconic Star Wars characters, and for how many years we've speculated on this, I just, I feel like it was just like a deflated sale that they really missed an opportunity to do something that could have been more special to me. 
And I think that's left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth with a lot of these Disney, um, Disney Star Wars properties. And I'm not saying they're all garbage. I'm not saying they're all awful. But more often than not, they are not in great. What did you watch this week? Jeez. Uh, okay, so I watched Rocky Four. Oh, you continued. Yeah. yeah, and it was good. It's the one where he's up against um, uh, the Russian. I can't remember his name. Or the actor who plays him. Um, but it was good. <laughs> okay. Rocky's like, Sylvester Stallone is ripped in this one. Like, this is Jeez. the one where he's just, like, terrifying to look at. <laughs> terrifying. It's like, good for you, buddy. Although he has to be, because he's up against this, like, drugged-up right. superhuman. Um, <laughs> so that was good. I watched uh, Miss Marvel Episode 3. Oh, cool. I am loving this series. I've only loving heard loving good things. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Uh, and then, like you, I watched the final episode of Obi-Wan, obviously. And? And your wife and I can sit and watch Star Wars <laughs> together. Because, listen, it was, the series is not without its flaws. Um, yeah. But overall, I enjoyed it. I liked watching it each week. And yeah, this episode was the best one for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so we've been talking about rewatching them, but not just rewatching them, but like watching everything. Like I, I know what the you mean. Clone but... Wars show. Oh, well, because specifically, wow. so li- listen, I've never sat and watched through the Clone Wars. Yeah, and yes, it's animated, but it's also like it's it's so much of it is like the relationship of Anakin and Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's that's what I'm hungry for right now. I want to go deeper in yeah. that relationship. I want to see their past. Uh, but. Uh, we j- Brady, we just watched a six-episode series on Obi-Wan. Don't you think they could have devoted a bit more time to flashbacks on that thing you're yearning for instead of watching, like, Obi-Wan, like, wrap up fish meat in a market? Yeah, but not if it's already out there. Like, if it's already... If, you but know, don't like, do it. Like, like there's, there's definitely... I, I hear what you're saying. Like, you can't just car- copy and paste what's already out there. Fair enough. But I feel like... I feel like they're I feel like they could have done what I'm saying without just duplicating what's out there. I I'm guess. Just, I don't know. I just I don't Everyone's know. Man. A critic. I, yeah, I am. I'm critical. I liked it, but Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh wrap it up, sir. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. We we do appreciate it. We love hearing back from you as well so if you want to give us a like and a comment on this episode post on any episode post just give us give us uh, some feedback um check out our links below if you haven't already like follow subscribe facebook instagram twitter wherever you're listening from us like follow subscribe give us a good review uh check out our patreon page merchandise page help us pay the bills help us give you some perks back and until next week where we review something that is being voted upon as we speak so we will tbd on what we will be talking about yeah we sure will i i don't know what else to say (laughs) may the force be with you or no to infinity and beyond i i guess i mean if you were being real cute you could have said half of that Mm. and then let me say the other half to infinity no 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 you missed your moment (laughs) 